zero hours. Catherine Mather. Ow! Zero hours! Hello and welcome to Zero Hours Podcast with me, Catherine Mather, where I speak to comedians and creatives about the best and worst jobs they've had to do to get by. Today I'm joined by comedian and writer Hattie Ashdown. How are you doing? Hello! I don't know if you can hear that. Uh, I've got my headphones on. We've got the ice cream sh- man <sighs> just gone past. Or oh, woman. I mean, I don't know who's driving it. Yeah, person. But- uh, it's just it's a, it's a lovely sound it's still a lovely sound it's creepy obviously the music is always yeah. creepy really creepy it's still a good sound you know it's summer it's hot ice cream man's coming around <laughs> i don't think they sell fags anymore but there you go no. <laughs> <laughs> do you want us to pause so you can just pop out for yeah us? should you know go yeah. out and get myself a pop eye yeah get That's me one as well what would you have what's your favorite Oh, did you have a, a volcano? No. What, it's like a 99, yeah. but they put like brown sherbet on it and then the raspberry sauce on the top. So it looks like Ooh. a volcano. Okay. Uh-huh. That was my childhood drink. No, uh, we didn't have that drink. in Kent. No. This, this does not reach Kent. I what said, was yours? It was a Popeye. Where it was basically it was my way of getting two ice creams, which was <laughs> a 99 and then it's an ice lolly shoved in the top why that's called a pop idea oh yeah because it's pop oh okay uh, no, oh pop in the ice cream yeah. got you okay. yeah that's what was there a particular uh like popsicle uh like lolly that they would put into the yeah like a blue one i think a lot of the time uh, okay yeah blue classy. ice lolly so you get a blue tongue all that yeah marquee. keep it classy keep it <laughs> <laughs> nice but one no, no. The, the kid is downstairs and he has not run upstairs to say what's an ice cream. So we'll just keep going until. Yeah, um, keep it quiet. Have you told the, the ice cream lies to your children? Um, What the, um, that, they, that music means that they've run out, that classic yeah. one. Um, No, touch wood. So far, my kids have, I, ju- I just, you know, they always come around this time, which is about 7.30 and they're going to bed. And I just say it's too, it's too you know. One thing they are quite good about, actually. No, I haven't had to. But uh, believe me, I lie about so many other things. Um, <laughs> what, your top uh, lies? <laughs> well, they're still in that love. They're, they're four and going to be seven soon. And I was thinking, well, I can just about get away with, because the oldest is learning the time. But he's um, he's not sort of really into it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I think once he clocks, like... He, for me if I learn the time so at the time at the moment I can sort of lie a little bit you know I can move the clocks around if I want <laughs> bedtime um you know I can I can sort of like take apps off of phones and go oh, you know iPads and you know oh YouTube is broke you know yeah. that sort of thing I can get away with that until I don't know how long I can get away with it till no um, but um isn't yeah. it frightening as well how uh they are going to know technology so much better than we are soon well already i mean he I, i'm really rubbish with the games he's playing uh, super mario and he's always nagging me to play and i say i'm, I'm rubbish mummy's rubbish and he said please so i sat down and played with him and actually i won a few games and this is yeah. for me but yeah he's showing me how to, I, don't, I don't have a clue so <laughs> he wants to be a scientist when he gets older or a scientist and a comedian he said yeah oh so. well you know there's plenty of people who manage to do both of those things yeah exactly so 
Good for uh, him. I hope he makes it. I'm just getting my phone because earlier when you said about uh, best and worst jobs, I thought, I don't normally make notes. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, I've had so many jobs. I've had so many jobs and you know like sometimes you feel like you talk about the same ones I'm like I want to not forget some certain gems that are, yeah uh, some gems of horror <laughs> gems of horror and delight it's interesting isn't it you said the best jobs you're like oh oh yeah well I guess that was quite fun it was also horrible at times but actually some of the best days of my life <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's weird that the best jobs list is always much smaller than the worst ones well, should I, I, I'm going to, I think it's, yeah, okay, yeah, probably does. But, uh, <laughs> only just about, only just about. Yeah, um, shall we get down to what the people paid for then? Yes. Uh, yeah, What what's your worst job then? Oh, well, I, my first thing comes to mind are, is doing promo work. Right. But I feel like promo, me talking about me doing promo work, which is hand out leaflets or hand out free samples of things, um, has had a lot of press. Obviously, I wrote a sitcom called Give Out Girls, which was on Comedy Central in case anyone wants to get up. And that's basically what that was about. That was about my time yeah. doing promo. So I feel like I've given that um, enough press. Although, um, but so really, I was thinking today, I thought, actually, again, this comes into one of the best words. My other one has to be when I worked with uh, old people. Now. <laughs> what were you doing to them? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I was meant to be their carer. Okay. Now, this wasn't because I'm like, oh, bloody old people. I, I, lo I love old people. You know, that's why I did the job. Like, I was at university and I had to get a part-time job. And I didn't want to work in a bar. I didn't want to do the usual jobs. So I thought I'd do something a bit more meaningful. Yeah. And I, I, I'd be a care assistant. But I think the worst part of it was just thinking as in it was the worst job because there was a no training. And when I say no training, mm -hmm. no training. Like, I think maybe I went into the office, these offices, and I had to, like, sign some papers. And maybe there was a few like slides they might have showed me but that was it I don't remember anything else and I kept they were kind of like oh you know people will show you on your first job sort of thing but that never really happened I was just so thrown in at the deep end um and uh, yeah looking after these so I was like a mobile carer right so first of all I didn't have a car oh no <laughs> so I got a bike <laughs> <laughs> so you were given these times and you're meant to get to the different people and of course most people with a car can like zip to these people but I'm like I was always late for them mm. these poor old biddies and um it was the yeah but so it was the worst in terms of like just dangerous really like yeah no uh, I can't, I can't believe I got away from it. And maybe they still do now. I mean, and because it's, it's one of those things that's always understaffed. But I just thought we'd be sitting talking to old people about the war. But I slowly realised I was going to have to do some personal care. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. And I didn't mind with the women so much. Mm -hmm. I don't know what. My mum was so proud. Yeah. Like, she did that thing of, like, I might, might degree 
them about, um, <laughs> you know, being on stage in plays. She she just couldn't, but she was so proud. She went, I'm so proud of you. And I was like, Mum, I'm just wiping our women's fannies, you know. And um, But I used to think of it as like, what, you know, that thing of like, zone out. But also like, what I would want if I was an old lady, you need this help. Mm. But when it came to the guys, I did, I did have to say like, yeah, I'm not going to do guys. Like, I'll go into any guys that just need like reminding to take tablets, but I'm not like doing any washing. I'm a 21 yeah. year old girl. And then them days, you know, I weren't bad looking. And <laughs> there's no way I'm going in with his clean as old Todgers. So, um, and I did manage to get away with it. I think it was one that I tried and I was like, no, I'll, I'll run your bowl of water and you can do it yourself. Yeah. But you know, it worked. None of the, I can't, I can't say any of them were awful. They were all generally lovely, but just the way, yeah, there was no training. And I remember, uh, as I say, the only thing that I do remember signing papers and 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 they say, oh, well, there's not really any training, but what I will say is, remember they are old people. So you might go in there one day and they'll be dead. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that, that was all, I was like, wow. And luckily, as I talk a little bit in my show, that I think because I my mum brought me up very um, sort of like relaxed about illness and death and yeah. stuff that I think that's what stood me instead to not be phased by yeah I mean some of the most horrible and this isn't funny some of the most horrible one was a woman of Alzheimer's and people don't think about Alzheimer's of you think about the brain going but as it gets really bad it is like they go like a you know a cabbage and it's just so they go like a baby and that was so upsetting that that was awful yeah but um other ones were just uh there was one guy I went late at night and I was running late <laughs> on my <Yeah>. bike <laughs> and you had to go around the back so can you imagine it's a bit quick and all the lights mm. were out Oh, no. and all the lights were out and I thought oh shit but sometimes I was like you know he's probably falling asleep and he's falling asleep before he's been able to put lights on or whatever because that's what happens and I've got in there and I was shitting myself so I was doing that thing of like you know if you like shout out you're not you're not so scared yeah <laughs> so I was going hello <laughs> I was like David and I just couldn't find him and then suddenly there he was frozen in his chair and I thought oh my god he's dead yeah <laughs> and then when I went closer he wasn't dead he basically he kind of was like frozen and what I later found out was I think he tried to take his tablets himself right. and he messed them all up and basically it caused him to have like a, almost a seizure I guess but like just frozen makes you go frozen oh god Oh, well, I don't know how deep you want me to go in this, but... Um, as deep as you want, baby. <laughs> well, you're, you're, you work in a hospital, so you know, he suddenly says, I need to go to the toilet, but he, mm. can't, he can't move. And, you know, and as I'm telling this, I can feel people be going, oh, yeah. So I had to get the old uh, bedpan thing. Mm. And I... Oh, my God. I had to help him go. Right. So we did that. <laughs> and I think by this point, I might have called the head thing because I realised we were a little bit in trouble like yeah he's messed up his tablets then suddenly he says to me get down he says to me get down Hattie <laughs> he me to get down on the floor and I'm like he think and I was like oh my god he thinks that he's been shot at this is what I right. realised yeah <laughs> oh my god so we're on our hands and knees 
and he's going get out and I was like I knew I should have probably gone it's okay David you're with me you're safe you're not in the war anymore mm. I didn't I just got down on my hands and knees and went okay what have we got to do <laughs> just in case cause... yeah I was a drama student yeah uh, you know yes ending <laughs> yeah <laughs> and suddenly as I'm down like crouching I, the door goes and the bloody supervisor walks in <laughs> like um hello and then he flipping just stands up as if it's all right yeah oh god the I mean best... I wanted stories of the war didn't I not to be in the war <laughs> the um, best drama student in that room was David <laughs> he was he was and there was loads more about David there was another night I found a gun under his pillow oh my god which apparently had been there for, since the flipping war whatever he was at, this was in a posh area this was in Richmond they were all posh old people that I don't know, may, may, they probably somehow managed to smuggle a gun all these years. And then when I told them, they were like, um, yeah, thanks for that. Like also like shitting themselves. But <laughs> yeah, so that was pretty um, hard. But um, yeah, I think I definitely had one day where I was like, I can't go, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Um, but, Imagine so. just sort of being on your own with it as well, particularly at such a young age. Yeah, being I mean, in a responsible position with exactly, no backup exactly and yeah that was the thing that I thought on some of my first visits that there would be people there but it didn't happen and when it when you saw someone else you'd be so relieved you'd be like oh god you know and they'd be like, oh you're gonna be two of you but yeah I just had to really learn on the job and definitely learn that I didn't want to be a nurse or anything of any kind um but you know, yeah, there were. I met some lovely people, and um, it was life affirming in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, lost weight, <laughs> um, but yeah. Was say. that with worry or the bike? The bike, and I could sometimes. I've had an horrible morning with one of them. I just didn't want to eat. You know, mm. it was like, oh, but yeah, uh, but happy times in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, I think it's so sad that that line of work is so undervalued as well, isn't it? Because it's incredibly valuable work and it's just not respected like it should be. And it makes no. me really angry. And it's, and you get, and the sad thing is you used to get people that wanted you to sort of stay longer, but like you mm. couldn't because you were, especially me on my bike, um, you, you were, meant to go and see like three people in an hour which yeah really that person's paying for an hour and it's so unfair yeah and um yeah it would break my heart because it was like oh and that, I, I think that's why I was late all the time because sometimes I would just sit and chat to them a bit um yeah I remember this is how I'm going to give away how old I am now but I remember <laughs> Princess Diana died and I sat with one old person and we lit a candle oh <laughs> and it was lovely <laughs> um I do remember one and I think this was towards the end when I thought yeah time to go and um, she used to have that it's called tonic wine right and it is a, it is a wine but it is meant to have some kind of vitamin in it I think as well okay I started to have a little swig of that in the kitchen I was like oh you know I've had enough <laughs> <laughs> well I guess that's one good thing 
if you're going around to old people, they'll have booze in the house, yeah. right? They'll have sherry and, and stuff like that. And, mm. um, and if you're not driving. Well, I was on the bike, so technically fine. not. Uh, but I think <laughs> I think after that, uh, I think it, I can't remember the, the order, but I think it was after that I got a job nannying. So, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that was a bit more cushy. Yeah. Little posh kids in Twickenham. The little, little boy didn't really like me, so that was always a bit annoying um like as in he was just sort of like he wasn't too bad on our own but when his mum was there he would just be a bit like to me and it'd be like you little shit because I was like I don't want to lose this job <laughs> um but yeah so that was uh, much better yeah to go on to uh, do you think uh, that's the problem with other people's kids are you shouting back can you put your pajamas on please he's hyper yeah <laughs> perfect perfect time bedtime mm. that's when you want them shouting in it oh, good God. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> <laughs> oh um so were you um I, I think the problem with other people's kids is that you can't just you know tell them to just shut the fuck up and do what <laughs> do as you're told in the same way that you probably would with maybe not that exact wording with no. your own but they uh, have heard you know, a few squares, I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I think because I'd babysat quite a lot of kids, you know, back home, and I was always done not too bad. So I was a bit like, surely I can win him round. I'm a drama <laughs> student. We just have a laugh. But, you know, he loved his mummy. He, I hate that expression, mummy's boy, but he he just, yeah, was, I don't know. Yeah, I could not win him round, but um, we was fine. It was yeah. fine. It was like a couple of hours. I just got through it. Go home. Brilliant. Back in the day when I didn't even check my references or anything. No. Like, yeah, just like. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so was that while you were still at uni as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that was it. Then I think in the third year, I just went, I'm not working. I'm just going to like blow my student loan and mm. uh, concentrate on studying. <laughs> <laughs> studying and a uh, bit of partying. I guess but um I guess all my promo work though came after university so mm-hmm. then after I left university because I'd studied a lot uh because I was didn't know I was dyslexic but I was dyslexic and so I'd done a lot of studying I always felt like I had to work really hard so um I stayed on in sixth form and then I went to college as well then I went uni so I was at uni a little bit later than other people and then when I came out I was like I don't want to work I just want to have a sort of a bit a good time so I did promo work but a lot of out of work actors do promo work yeah so my first very very first promo job was giving out flavored Evian water mm-hmm. with uh fruit on my head like a plastic fruit on my head and I thought it was about 100 pound a day which yeah. then which now I wouldn't sniff at and then was great yeah well this is all right and that was it. I was off. But what I learned was they're, they're not all like that. It's no. um, sometimes freezing cold, uh, King's Cross Station in the snow. Oh. In a snowsuit. I had a snowsuit. Uh, I borrowed from a boyfriend at the time. <laughs> it was, I hate the cold. So I was like, I'm going to wear this snowsuit. So <laughs> just <laughs> like Mitchell, man, I was so like, no wonder no one wanted to take a flyer. Like a flyer <laughs> for BT or something. It was like, 
real thick snow. It was like, oh, this is a low, you know? Yeah, fuck that. A low. But, um, you know, promo was good. You you met a lot of like-minded people. You meet people uh, you were doing a job on. And then the next day they were at the West End. You know, mm. they were also working at the West End and that's what they don't, people don't realise. And um, so, I, you know, I loved, I loved and hated it. But um, I think what I hated about it, and I think Sean might have talked about uh, this in retail on her podcast, was, it's well, it's always the, the people in charge of it, isn't it? It's um, yeah. And I did work it not in no. I worked in a I worked in the co-op, so that's mm-hmm. the closest to my retail sort of business. Um, and um, it, in 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 uh, promo work, it's like, come on, mate, we're all on the same level. But there'd be someone who's signed event manager, yeah. And it and, and if just because they've got you're in charge of flipping who goes for a piss break you know you're like some of them just get a bit ahead of you know ahead of themselves yeah. and uh or sometimes if you were sort of going on tour mm-hmm. which was basically <laughs> going for a, on tour of tesco car parks Ooh. uh giving out free samples of nutella or whatever yeah they would have the tour manager so i suppose you know a lot of time they would have to drive the van and they would have to they would be a little bit older than us sometimes, but they would just be one particular one was just such a job's worth. <laughs> and you're just like, are you bitter and, you know, bitter and twisted, bitter, you know, has been that one and sees us as the young, fresh uh, actors, presenters or whatever people were, you know, I'm looking back now and thinking they, they weren't really that old, but I don't yeah. know. They, they always seemed like a bit. Yeah. Um, but I'd soon learn why in a way, because I, I remember one time as I moved up, <laughs> I got a, a, a like event manager job for the day. I think it was at Canary Wharf or somewhere. We were handing out something and um, like the shopping centre bit there. And yeah. uh, I got a walkie talkie. I mean, <gasps> yeah. I've never been so happy in my life. The probably. power that the you get with a walkie talkie. <sighs> Oh. I could clip it on my belt. Um, but I learned no fuck off was listening to me <laughs> because I was too nice. Oh. They were doing what they wanted. And I'd be like, I just had to assign people at different spots. I'd be like, right, if you wait there, right, you know, for, if you do a half hour there, then I'll come and move you around. When I'd go back to check on them, they weren't there. Yeah. And, it'd be like, and then you'd find, I'd go, oh, scan toilet. I'm like, oh, yeah. I know that game, mate. I played that game. I know mm-hmm. what you're doing. You're in <laughs> Starbucks, hiding. And it was like, I was just, I guess I was just too nice. You, you know, yeah. you've got to have, have a little bit of fear. Yeah. Um, so you like shout at them and then catch a, a glimpse of your reflection in a shop window and go, what have I become? <laughs> <laughs> now, true. I'm that guy. <laughs> I'm that guy. Well, I, I, they could see right through me. I couldn't. <laughs> Yeah, I was rubbish. Oh, and all I wanted to do was, and I always say it's very sexist world. If um, mm. I don't know if it's any different now, um, but if a, you know, if a boy came along and got a job, he'd like be event manager in the first day. Yeah. Just because he was a man. And a lot of the time, more men could drive, you know, sounds awful, but and also I think they thought, have a guy, because he might have to lug some boxes. So then he'd be van driver. And then they really think they're the dog's bollocks if they van driver yeah so 
the highly yeah. coveted role of van driver. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly don't think you could pay me enough to drive a van through London. It sounds awful. Oh. Can you imagine? I went out with a guy who was a, a courier driver. Mm. And one day I decided uh, to go to work with him. Just, yeah. you know, we're in that stage where you don't want to leave each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just thought it'd be fun. Oh, my God. He drove like a nutter, of course. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, white knuckle ride. Just saw a different side of him. It was like, no, oh, thank you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, these jobs would be up and down the country, so we wouldn't always just be driving around London. But yeah, a lot of the time it was it was in London at train stations or um, exhibitions and things. If it was handing out uh, freebie stuff, which I always say, like, because obviously I do a bit of material about this, or I haven't done for a while. But you know, it's all, if you're handing out free stuff, that's all right. Like if yeah. you're handing out some little chocolate bar or a drink. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants, most of the time, wants to know you. It's yeah. like brilliant. You know, they will queue up and they do that thing of like, um, oh, what is this? It's like, don't pretend to be a connoisseur or, <laughs> you know, seven up. Just take one. I don't care. I don't want to hear what you think. I've just got to get rid of them. But they come up pretending that they're like, oh, what's this? Like, I don't care. Just take it. <laughs> um, yeah. So you, uh, you went to drama school. Well, yes, drama. Well, drama. Uni- I went to drama college, and then I went. That's why I think I got most of my sort of practical side. And then I went. I went university side. Which one? St Mary's in Twickenham. Okay, I did not know that they had one there. Yes, it's quite small, and I think that's why I liked it. So I, I, at the time, I really wanted. To, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, and I think that probably shone through in my auditions because I went. I auditioned like a. Um, all the big ones uh Manchester Met was my favorite that's why I wanted to be Julia Waters you know I was like I wasn't but I think even at the time I was like do I want to be an actress or do I want to do something in performing you know I wasn't quite sure Mm -hmm. and when I didn't get that I thought St Mary's was just like a lovely little university and um yeah just like the look of it the course was was all right but um weren't brilliant but um (laughs) Yeah. So then, like, at what point did comedy become the one rather than, you know, what I say rather than the drama, but, you know, like, when did you begin the comedy? I, I think it was, like, in the back of my I think I must have read something about Alan Carr, go, and I, I liked him, and he went to, um, oh, God, I've got the university. It was another one I auditioned for and didn't get into forgotten it um it's in London and they did a stand-up as part of the degree and I thought oh my god how cool is that and then I read his book and so it was always in the back of my mind but again like a lot of people depending on what sort of background you come from I did not come from a performing background I did not come from a background where comedy was something you could do for a living mm-hmm. actress maybe but you know only if you were, basically it was always oh, you might see you in EastEnders. You know, it was always yeah. like, j- that was the aim, just be on EastEnders. And my mum, my sister was in a Amdram and I used to go and help her. Um, and so I saw a bit of that. And so that sort of like lured me a little bit <laughs> to be more than just a villager at the back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then when I finished university, 
I went, went well, okay, I'll do acting. And I tried acting, but I was like, and you start sort of getting comedy stuff. And uh, the thing is, I, I was a bit of the first, I was a bit like, oh, I'm a serious actress. But then I sort of followed it. And um, when I followed it, I did some courses at the Actors Centre, which is in Covent Garden. And they do a stand-up course. And it was like, you had to do a certain amount of courses a month. And I was like, oh, I just don't stand that one. Yeah. And that sort of was it, really. I, and I think... I liked the accessibility of just like, yeah, you're always auditioning when you're an actor and stand up. Mm -hmm. It's like you can, to a certain extent, go out and make it happen yourself. Yeah. Um, and I was going out with a guy at the time who was a presenter, actor, not a comedian, but he very much pushed me, again, not having no sort of parents or background, but he, he did that was like, yeah, you can sort of make a living out of this. And he helped me make, you know, my five minutes and, and all that kind of thing. So, yeah. And then I just started doing, I think it was The Good Mixer was my first gig in, in Bethel yeah. Green. Oh. Um, yeah. And, uh, it, yeah, like they say, you either like, I felt like I had a really great time. I think only one person was laughing. <laughs> I say you either really love it or really hate it like you hate it so you want to do it again yeah uh to test but I I just loved it mm. um even though no, you know there wasn't many people <laughs> laughing but yeah that was it got the bug I guess yeah. it's weird uh, that isn't it how uh moorish it can be oh terrifying yeah and then you kind of get the five minutes and you're like yeah this is it and then you realize oh oh god gotta write more than that oh, and, no. <laughs> and I think that's where I sort of regret in some ways but now obviously everything's meant to be but after I sort of had a, a good five minutes and then I did I first I, I did Edinburgh's as like I did like sharing an hour and all that sort of thing but then I was kind of like because I got this I think I regret sort of stopping when I was writing the sitcom I couldn't mm -hmm. do the both my head couldn't do the both I don't know if it's dyslexia or whatever it is but now it feels like everyone does everything at the same time and I couldn't but it yeah. meant that I fell off the radar mm -hmm. so it's been very much like it's been like starting again and yeah. I had to just do that thing of meet yourself where you're at you know and couldn't I had to not be proud and be like well, hi, uh, you know, would have been uh, closing these sort of gigs. And now I'm, <laughs> you know, I had to just go, no, right. You're starting again. And it was like starting again in, in a lot of ways, you know, uh, persona changed a bit and stuff. So I was now before I was not a mother with a mother. And now I'm a mother, a mother and I've got no mum, you know, yeah. so big changes. So, um, yeah, that's how I got into comedy. Was it a difficult decision to stop doing stand-up to do to to write the sitcom? Um, not at the time, because I gullibly, gullibly, um, I'll slide out that word. I think I just, yeah, I just knew I had to. I couldn't, yeah, couldn't do the both. But as I do, in some ways, think it might have almost helped the writing because my mm -hmm. writing partner was doing improv at the time and. He, he sort of he found it helped him he was doing improv shows and uh so yeah it wasn't at the time it wasn't hard at the time and um yeah I've definitely I've done that thing of falling in and out of love with stand-up um yeah different different times 
I think um, everybody does that, don't they? Have you? Have you? I think, well, I think when you have enough bad gigs and it's like, I remember when I first left uni, I was like, I need to be making money from it now. And I stopped mm. enjoying it because it became oh, a, interesting. you know, if I don't do well, how do I pay my rent? <laughs> yes. And uh, it's funny, you, you know, you were saying to me before, like, what, you know, have you got any other job? And I think the thing is the last couple of years I have just been trying to make money from it and obviously chose the worst time because this was around 29 uh 19 oh no that I was sort of like well before that I was I was doing the lunchtime comedy club that I run where parents scream with laughter where parents bring their babies so I've been doing that since they were small but um oh I've done that thing I've lost my train of thought uh what was I saying (laughs) Mom. What are you doing before uh 2019? Oh, making money from it, that was it. Yeah. Um <laughs> I yeah, I was gonna say that I, I that's I've never really thought about that. That's so true. I think what's happened is, is the pressure uh, to make money has been stressing me out. And actually I've been talking to this because I, I love this little charity shop I go to, and yeah. they might have like a little three-day a week position. And to me at the moment to do that and then take some of the pressure off mm-hmm. of uh because I make most by selling the tickets yeah and it's been so slow um since the pandemic that I'm like oh, I just you know thought and, and how much material am I going to get working in a charity shop I mean come on yeah um and I think yeah I think it's all good um so yeah it's made me made my decision that is what I'm gonna do yeah that's good it's um yeah I think it, you have to enjoy it don't you because if you don't then what what are you doing it for mm, mm. yeah and um I do you know I and yeah I do enjoy it now it's funny because I'm working on my Edinburgh show I haven't done like a set for ages and the thing is if I go and do a 10 20 minute set I so enjoy it because I'm like oh I can't do an hour <laughs> it's just like ah because you're going up to Edinburgh this year, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. So 2022. Um, I'll be at the Voodoo Rooms, two o'clock. PBH, free fringe, so you don't have to pay to get in. But you might have to pay to get out. <laughs> <laughs> two o'clock, that's a good time. Do you think? Yeah. yeah. I think so. It's not too early that there's no one around, but it's yeah. not too late that you're stressing about it all day. Yes, that's what I'm hoping. I can still have a bit of a lane that I, pop, I probably won't. No. <laughs> I always, I, you know, you were saying you weren't so keen on Edinburgh. So no. we were talking off air. And I guess I do remember that thing that you never wake up. It always wake up my eyes just go ping, like stress straight away. Yeah. And I'm be interested to see if that does get, if that changes at all. Uh I think it, there were, I, maybe some days it was all right because I did one venue where you couldn't do Sundays. Okay. It, so the was, Lord's you know, Day. The Lord's Day, mm-hmm. otherwise known as, I think rugby or something was always on in this pub. They had to have the rugby <laughs> on. Fair enough. Um, and so I was quite happy because it was like, great. Yeah. I mean, I get to have, you know, Saturday night, go out, blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, so uh, it's called The Worry Draw. Mm-hmm. And it's it was it started off as it was going to be called dig deep it was it was sort of about 
coping really how we cope and with big things and little things and that's how it started and then it and then as I went on it sort of became more more about my grief for my mum yeah who died I guess it's come it's five and a half years now and that's the thing I wouldn't have been able to do the show like years ago and the more I was like previewing it I was doing bits and bits people were going oh this has to be about your mum and I was like no I don't want to do that but it was like I resisted and it was like oh all right so it is a, it's still about coping but hung on the thread of my mum and how she coped and what a resilient woman she was and and um and her thing that she had called a worry drawer yeah I won't give any more away no um and but but within talking about coping and worry obviously comes grief so there is a bit of grief uh chat but it's my it's my grief so hopefully it's not a trigger to anybody because that's the thing isn't it it's, the, it's how I see it um so that's that's the difficult I'm having at the moment is um I was talking to I don't know if you know a comedian called Louisa Omleman yes and I was talking to her because her mum died a year after mine. So we're right. dead mums club. So I remember her doing a show about Yeah, she well. did like a like yeah. a, and she only did like two dates because she did a real raw, like all mm. about the process of like this is not like that. Like just yeah. for anyone, this is like this is, you know, jolly, jolly. It's a you know, it's a tribute to her, but it's more it's hers was what the proper role like talking about her diagnosis and how she got badly treated in hospital and her di- and like how you know and really raw like oh my god but that's why she said she couldn't have done any more than two dates yeah but I was talking to her today actually over messenger and I was sort of saying you know my worry is the bits that are too sad mm-hmm. that you bring them back up with a joke obviously but it's like the last preview I'd done I worried that I could couldn't bring them back up because not because they're having a terrible time I think they just kind of like want to stay there and I'm like so saying to her how do I bring them you know like how do I bring them back up and she was just sort of saying you know you've got to make them trust you and that it's all right you know it's if I'm all right they're all right sort of thing and I'm like I'm so all right you know like I'm making some really dark jokes some of the time you know but yeah so it's a challenging show but I hope that people would want to come who want something a bit different like I love a stand-up you know straight stand-up but like yeah come and feel hopefully sort of lifted and yeah and I think if you are grieving come like I'm not gonna make anyone stand up and tell their story or anything yeah um, I, as someone else said this is the show I would like to have seen you know when my mum had just died or something yeah so you know. well yeah it sounds like a very um relatable and content and I I would want to see that um I, I won't be in Edinburgh but hopefully you'll <laughs> do it somewhere else I can see because it, it, yeah, it's, I feel like um, it can be quite a lonely place, can't it, grief? And yeah. uh, to sort of go and sit with those moments of sadness, but with other people who are also feeling it 
Oh, well, that's the thing. You nice. do feel very drawn to other people, particularly if they've lost parents. You feel like you're in this gang and, you mm. know, we search each other out at parties and, you know, it's like a kind of, and, but it's, it is nice in a weird way. Um, you, It's an unwritten thing that you all sort of understand. And I find it really interesting when someone does tell me and I'm like, ah, right. Yeah, I could see that in you. Like there's certain things I can see in people that uh, when they've lost a parent, uh, um, it's, yeah it's interesting um but as I say the, the, the grief part is really probably only 40% of it anyway and um it's just more about how I think we need to change the landscape of how we talk to people when they've lost someone because I just experienced loads of like yeah just crap of like people not wanting to talk about it and me personally I was like you can mention her name like I've yeah. not you know you're not reminding me <laughs> yeah um and so yeah so it's that side of stuff that I I hope will be this thing that stays with people mm-hmm. um and yeah so hopefully yeah. we can all there's a bit of magic in it there's a oh bit of dance what there's... oh yeah amazing I am sold <laughs> I've got two previews left in London. I don't oh, know yeah. when this goes out, but um I haven't got any North London, but I'll try and drag you to one maybe. Yeah, tell it when are, when are they? Uh, well this Sunday, uh whatever that day is, what's that? The 17th of July, I'll be at the Bedford in Ballam. Oh yeah. I was and there a few weeks ago. It's a lovely you. venue, that isn't it? Oh uh, well that's where I, I do my lunchtime comedy club for parents. Oh amazing. To bring their babies, yeah. It's a lovely room. Well, there's lots of different rooms there. Mm-hmm. And then I've got one. Um, oh, I'd have to get the dates up. But if you go onto my Instagram, it's all on there. Um, I've got one in Beckenham, um, which is my way. Um, and I've forgotten what date that is, but that's Saturday, I think. Saturday night, boys. Oh, is that a Rock Saturday? No, no. No. Oh, there we go. No, it's Friday, twenty second of July. That's at the Beckenham Social. Oh. <laughs> I think that's one of those bring your own booze in a, in a, in a type scenario. Amazing. Um, and then my very last one is going to be like so close to Edinburgh, the first of August. Yeah. Um, at Happy Mondays in Amish at the Amisham Arms. Okay. So is that, that is be- that on a Monday? Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> Happy Mondays every Thursday. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Amsterdam Arms in New Cross. So, um, mm. no excuse. Catherine, you can come to that. There's a great overland comes from north to south. There around. is. Oh my god. So, shall we get? Uh, I'll get get back onto it. What's what yeah. is your what is your best job been? Ah, uh, well. Again, I think it depends how you rate it. Is it like, is it for fun? The best job for fun, best job for money, best. And I guess when you when I say best job, what's the one that comes to mind? Does one come to mind? Um, <laughs> well, like jobs other than obviously stand up and everything. Mm. And uh, 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 well, I guess it was a. You see, co-op was good, but it was also awful, and I got the sack from there. So that tells you. <laughs> what did you do? Oh my god, it's so embarrassing, and I've tried to write material about it, but it's just so dark. I can't. <laughs> oh, it's such a long story. Uh, I'll try and tell it real quick. I there was a guy that basically I was friends with, 
and yeah. we were friends. It was Neil on the till, Neil, Neil on the till. And, but then it, his friendship started to change and he started to be a bit obsessed with me right. to the point of stalking me, meeting me from college and turn up at my house. And it was all sort of going a little bit dodgy. Yeah. And he started sending me cassette tapes of him talking to me. Oh, that's <laughs> w- weird. Yeah, weird. And um, actually, I keep forgetting to put this in my show because I talk about my mum being romantic. And it's like, my mum was so romantic that she was bloody one of the ones that let him in one time. And I oh go into God. the kitchen and there he was. It was like, mum, I know you want me to have a boyfriend, but flip it out. <laughs> Not this but, guy. But it started, we started off as a friend. Anyway, he then, um, he got the message that I was not going to be anything. And he basically got me the sack by accusing me of sexual harassment. Oh, my God. (laughs) Which obviously didn't happen. No. And I think I can only put it down to, like, one time, back when we were friends, I sort of, like, could be a bit of a Barbara Windsor, you know, Mm. like, even when I was young. And I think one time I sort of went was passing me on the stairs and I think I sort of went oh like that and sort of lifted <laughs> my skirt a little bit and I, all I can think of is that he was writing his brain how can I get her the sack yeah and, uh it worked yeah but I'm and I'm speeding through this because I gotta go because my son is uh hanging out the window now oh um, gosh <laughs> <laughs> buying fags off the ice cream man um <laughs> Is, but my sister started working there. I mean, my me and my sister have the best laugh. Yeah. So we did no work. We were always getting told on the tanner, like, oh, can you get back to work? <laughs> and we'd have the best laugh. So the worst of times and the best of times. My other one I want to quickly mention, which I think is one of the cushiest jobs in the world. Yeah. Is I was a bra model. <gasps> so not photographed. I just had yeah. to try them on for the designers. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? I'm a straight out drama student. I've been doing promo work and it was insane money. Yeah. Like it was so good money. I was making like a hundreds a day. Mm. And and you wouldn't and it'd only be a couple of hours work. And I'd go, I, I had to go to Paris. I had to go to Wales. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Just to try on a bra. Yeah. And, um, Do they not yeah. have women in Paris and Wales? Yeah, exactly. No, they don't. Not not a thirty-eight C, darling, like mine. <laughs> Perfect boobies. Um, so and that was Christine, and it moved on to doing clothes. I did Topshop for a while, and I could take all the clothes home if I wanted. Oh, I had to amazing. come home with bags of clothes and Topshop. Yeah. I lost that uh, one because I was late. One morning I was late, and that was yeah. it, mate. You struck oh, off. God um yeah that's why a, a, a past show of mine was called hurry up Hattie <laughs> I, 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 I can be late not anymore though not now I've got kids no I've got kids I'm a bit more like on it and I, if anything I'm early to things because I want to get away from them yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> so I'd say the bra job and the co-op were fun times uh but good money but the bra they, they, all the bra girls were a bit bitchy so it was a like yin yang yeah of like good money cushy get out you know i was like can you imagine we've gone from wiping bums to just like yeah but also i could put up with a bit of bitchiness if it was only for a few hours for a couple hundred exactly exactly i mean it was bitchiness in the sense that like the first time i went for a drink with them they were like oh should we all go for uh, a drink like we'd all finished work and it was in town and i'd not long been living in london 
and they all went, I went to the bar and I just went, I was still in student mode. I went and just got myself a drink. Yeah. And they were like, oh, all right. Oh, so you don't get around like this. They were like really snooty. And I was like, oh, like that's what they did. They just all got rounds. It was like, oh God, I hate rounds. Oh, and like, when, I never did that at the student. We just made the wall straight off. Like, no, we don't, yeah. you know, otherwise it gets confusing or whatever. And you and I was tied that, into it. Yeah. And I was still in that mode and I was like, that was it. Never, never got invited for drinks again after that oh. I was like sod you yeah, yeah I don't care I'm trying on my bras and yeah so that was pretty cushy job but um I I think I then lost some weight so that was an unfortunate thing as well but I was like I do kind of want to lose some weight and oh I just lost it anyway I don't know I can't remember and so yeah you've got to stay that size that's the thing yeah. But very interesting. There's people, bar models, there's people that just try on shoes and they get paid for it. It's like, yeah. Wow. That's all I'm looking into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has been an absolute pleasure. Oh, I hope so. Uh, to have you on. I know that we uh, we did briefly mention uh, some pluggable things, but yes. is there anything that you'd like to plug? Where can we find you? Um, well, I do a podcast called the Funny Mummies podcast, and uh, depending on what I mean, the, the, I don't uh, at the moment it's on a rest. Um, and I think I'm going to start running it again in Edinburgh, but I'm going to do like some mini ones and me talking to other comedian parents. That's what mm-hmm. I that's what it is basically. Um, and I yeah, I run Scream with Laughter, which is a lunchtime comedy club, but again, that's on pause at the moment. Other than that, just yeah. Give me some work, please. I need some work. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find you on Instagram. Yeah, find me on Instagram. Yeah. Of Instagram. Right, wow. well, um, and I, my, my, my plug uh, wow. is I'm doing uh, Camden uh, Fringe. Oh, Camden, are you? Yeah, I've got two days at uh, Camden Comedy Club on the 5th and oh, 6th of August. Uh, and the show's called Scream Inside Your Heart. Uh, so come on down. Uh, it'll be it's, it's what a time Friday. Are you on? Eight p.m. Friday 8 PM. night, Saturday night. It's <gasps> gonna be awesome. Oh, it's such a great venue. That's where I did yeah. uh, my work in progress last year for for Camden Fringe. Yeah, and, uh, you kind of like have the vibe this panic of like no one's coming, and then the last minute they come. So yeah. you'll be and fine. It, it looks like a comedy club as well, doesn't it? That's what I love yeah. about it. Like, it's, oh, it, it gets, it's, cool it's one of my favourites. It gets such a great crowd there. Yeah. Ah, well, good luck with that. Thank you and have the best of times in Edinburgh. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I'm going to take your advice. <laughs> and um, yeah, just stay out of it, man. Just do my show, keep my head down and um, yeah, go home. Yeah, yeah. look uh-huh. after yourself. I will. Thank you. Yeah. So well, my my counsellor will be on speed dial. <laughs> yeah, I need it. someone to look after you. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for and thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>